Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today is another long day. It's Friday. Buffs play tomorrow. What time? It's 12.49 right now. So that means we're, we'd be what? We're 24 hours away from being early in the third quarter probably? Yeah, something like that. Feels kind of weird though because that is an early kickoff. Um, a little bit behind on things this week because there's so many things to do. This is actually, let's see, this is the Wednesday podcast, but Wednesday was busy and Thursday was busy and I didn't have an extra hour. And so, uh, it's Friday and here's the podcast. Um, so Wednesday podcast, that's where we're going through all the the stuff we learned from media availability. Uh, And that's going to be the plan for today. Um, heard from Carl Durrell, Brady Russell, and Naeem Rodman at the Buffs press conference, and then had a chance to talk with, uh, actually, I guess, Chris Wilson, the defensive coordinator, he talked to all the reporters, and then I had a chance to talk with Christian Gonzalez and Robert Barnes on Wednesday. So I'll basically, like, sum up what all these guys had to say, all of all of my thoughts that go along with those, um, and then I will play the full interview with Robert Barnes here at the end of the podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, same as always, it's recorded in a, a tunnel-like hallway where there's other interviews going on. I put my phone as close to these guys' mouths as I can. It gets weird if you get too close, though. Um, and so I'll mess with the audio, make it as best I can. Um, but, you know, a little, a little background noise. Um, what else should I say? So, uh, today at 4.30, 
We've got the uh, DMVR Buffs Live. I'll be talking with uh, Ryan Konigsberg. We're going to do a stock report, stock up, stock down after the Texas A&M game for a bunch of different guys. Um, we're also going to uh, do like like buy and sell the stock. Where is it going from here? And then also uh, you know, talk about the key matchups, do that kind of stuff before the Minnesota game tomorrow. Like I said, that's 4.30 Mountain Time live on YouTube, or it'll be in your podcast feed sometime, sometime tonight. I hope I don't have the hiccups. Um, yeah, and then actually right after that, I'm going on the uh, uh, like the SiriusXM Pac-12 network station. Um, so there'll be some buffs talk with uh, Sean O'Connell and Jeff Schwartz. Um, that'll be it at 6 Mountain Time. Um, channel 373, if you have SiriusXM radio. Um, so there's that as well. Uh, tomorrow we'll be having a tailgate with all buffs at, uh, the North end of Farron field. Um, same spot as last time for those of you who are out there. Uh, there's going to be like some breakfast food. There's going to be a bunch of beers from Breckenridge. Um, it's going to be a good time. That starts at eight 30. Um, don't need like RSVP or anything. Just come and drink some free beer that Breckenridge gives us. Uh, and then, uh, I guess the only other thing to plug after the game is, uh, it's technically DMVR buffs after dark, but when there's an 11 a.m. kickoff, the post game show is not after dark. Um, but that's going to be fun. Dev is coming to the game with me again, and we're going to be talking after the game all about it and hopefully about a pretty big win for the buffs. Um, might as well keep plugging, uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday morning at 9.30, we've got the uh, the tailgate, which is a lot of fun. If you missed last week's, you definitely missed out. Uh, this one's going to start with Andre spinning uh, the Wheel of Darkness, which is what happens when you everybody has like a big lock every week, like one thing they're sure is going to happen. Mine was the Broncos win by at least a dozen. Um, he said the entire NFC South would get wins in week one. Well, he was wrong. He has to spin it. Um, we're still figuring out what goes on the wheel, but, uh, it's not going to be fun stuff. And so tune in for that. Then I'll also be doing the Broncos post game show on Sunday and then the press conference Monday and then media availability Tuesday, media availability Wednesday. We're in football season. We're in football season. And we're also five minutes into this podcast and we haven't started yet. So, uh, let's do that now after actually there's, there's some news here. There's some news here. Your Colorado rugby team has rebranded again, but this one is here to stay. This rugby club composed of crossover athletes ended their first season at 5-5. Five and five. Pretty great for former athletes coming together for their first time and putting their skills to the test. Um, if you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. Um, they, they take athletes who compete at the highest levels of their respective sports, um, and they include like, uh, oh, for example, uh, Taniella Tupo from the University of Washington. He played for the Seahawks and the Falcons and the Cardinals, um, and then like played in the AAF, played in the XFL. Now he's kind of a, a stud for the American Raptors. Um, if you want to uh, go to a game, there's good news. Those games are now free. You just head over to AmericanRaptors.com, grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't make it to the game, AmericanRaptors.com will also be streaming all of them. 
Make sure you tune to the DMVR Rugby podcast, DMVR Rugby on Twitter, all of that good stuff. Okay. Um, let's see. Where do we begin? So Carl is where we'll begin. So uh, he he spoke once this week. Like I said, there's actually going to be a press conference on Monday. So in the past, we've had media availabilities Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with Tuesday being like the media luncheon, and that's where you know the TV reporters come and the Associated Press people come and um, that sort of stuff. Uh, and that's where Carl has like a big thing. They bring a couple other guys up to the podium. But then on Mondays and Wednesdays, you could request people and talk to them, usually assistant coaches, that sort of stuff. This year, the like NCAA mandated off day, the Buffs decided to put on Mondays. That was the day they wanted to have off of practice so that they could do things on Sundays. Um, that meant, obviously, there's no practice to do interviews after. And the media interview period is still cut off after Wednesday. So the, now, though, there's a new change starting on Monday, which is that the, the, the press conference is going to be Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday is kind of open media availability. So it might just be Carl on those Mondays, but then we can request people and get assistant coaches, that sort of stuff. Um, which all of this basically means that I'm going to be able to do like one or two more interviews a week, uh, which is great for me and great for you, especially for these Wednesday podcasts, even though today is Friday. And uh, they're also just going to be even more full. And who knows, maybe I can fit a, a second recorded interview in here but we'll see we'll see that's the plan going forward um like i said though we only heard from carl once this week whereas next week we'll probably hear from him monday at the press conference and then on wednesday again which will be nice kind of a day to talk about the last game a day to talk about the next game just works really well um let's just run through these points i took some pretty detailed notes but he uh he, he talked for i think 25 minutes um, which, again, is something that happens when you have one media availability during the week. Um, I asked about Levante Chenault. I mean, he said, yeah, there there is a path for him to come back. Um, and he does see his role, like his job, kind of being to to rehabilitate some people who, who need that and to provide some structure, make sure that once they are done with football or college football in particular – Whatever they do next, they're they're well equipped to do that. Um, the situation with Levante is no different, and so that's the goal. They're, they want him to come back, um, but he also said we won't jeopardize how we run our program, and I don't blame him for that. You know, you can't be making exceptions for any reason, and there would be reasons to get, grant exceptions to Levante, but I mean, you just there are rules. You can't break the rules. Kind of that simple. Um, so there's the update there. Again, I don't anticipate him being back for what's today, at least a month and a half or so. Um, let's see. Mustafa's back working out. He was practicing this week. Um, mostly with the scout team. Again, it's, it's going to be at least a couple more weeks before we uh, get to see him on the field on game day. I think Brian Howell initially reported, that he wouldn't be allowed to play before the USC game. Um, we have gotten no update from anybody. And it doesn't sound like the uh, the coaching staff, anybody in the athletics department has really gotten the update either. Kind of waiting and seeing, but he obviously is just kind of working himself back into shape and getting ready to go. Um, 
do, do, do we uh he was asked about the tough scheduling obviously it's a tricky start with i mean actually it's not it's a tricky end they end with 11 straight games against power five teams after starting with northern colorado uh, but he said he liked it um and he thinks that it's valuable and he's excited to see more of it once the alliance kicks in um on minnesota he said that stylistically they're similar to texas a&m with the difference kind of being that um th- like there's just more space in the texas a&m offense and space was the word that carl used and i like that um but but they really want to run the ball and that's kind of what it's going to be all about um terrence lang chris miller they're practicing Carl said he expects both of them to be good to go. Um, just little soft tissue things. Uh, the one with Chris Miller, you know, he said, like, at his position, you kind of need to be able to, to run at full speed. And he just wasn't quite there. And so we held him out a week. Um, on Drew Carter, he said that Drew has a lot of potential. And they want to get him some experience. But, you know, it just kind of takes time for him to get to the point where he's ready to go. He is making progress, though, and he's excited about the future. Um, it's asked about the 11 a.m. kickoff, and he said that he really isn't worried about starting a game at 11 a.m. The reason being that uh, it's a morning program, and they're typically in meetings by 7 in the morning and on the practice field a, an hour or two later. Um so it really shouldn't be tough for them to be ready to go at 11 a.m. And he did point out, you know, the Northern Colorado game, they're at the team hotel. And he, I think what he said was, you know, we were down at breakfast at 6.30, and there was a big chunk of the team that was already down there eating breakfast at 6.30. It's like, well, that's not what you want when you're still 12 hours away from kickoff time. And it almost he almost thought that this would be better. But uh, also, Jarek is fine. Um, Brendan Lewis is fine. Um, said Brendan needs to take more chances and he needs to trust his receivers more. Um, it's, it's good. It's great that he's doing so well taking care of the football, but he does need to start kind of anticipating things just a little bit more and probably taking more chances. Um, also with Cole Becker, obviously a pretty tough start to his career, but also, I mean, he missed a 53 yarder. He missed a 46 yarder. I think it was. And Carl said that they've actually started having him start with longer field goals in practice. So instead of saying, okay, hit the 25 yarder, move back to 30 and 35 and 40 and said, it's like, okay, 50 yarder, go knock this in. Um, because that's kind of how the game works is he's been ran out there, what, twice for field goals? They're both really long and after quite a while after the warm-ups. So that's a little new strategy there, and we'll see if it pays off. And I think that's basically it from Carl. See, that's why you, you listen to the podcast, because he talked for 25 minutes, and I'm pretty sure we just covered it all. We're only 13 minutes in. Um plenty more to talk about before we do that though let me tell you again about Breckenridge Brewery you know I mentioned earlier that they give us a bunch of beers to do these tailgates it's uh it's a great thing that they do and they're they're partnered with CU like the athletics department in particular not that like we don't love the university I mean personally I have no feelings at all toward the university it's the football team that people care about and the basketball team and soccer and you know the sports, but uh, Breckenridge partners with them. 
we uh, we love that, uh, and they they make a bunch of really good drinks. Um, I think uh, what oh oh I guess Sunday was the last time I've had alcohol. That was uh, a bunch of beers from Breckenridge. Um, on the tailgate, I think I had one of the. I definitely had a strawberry sky. I think I also had. I can't remember what which one I had. Oh, the Summer Pilsner, a new one. That is really good. That actually is really good. Um, I'm pretty particular about the beers I like. Um, I like them nice and light and sweet, sometimes a little bit sour, definitely not all that dark. Um, and, and I'll say this. The beers from Breckenridge are just consistently good. There's only like one or two where I'm like, okay, I too dark for me, which is, is rare because a lot of... A lot of beers are, but uh, like they're, it's just good stuff. Um, the seltzers are great, too. You should definitely check those out. And again, they help us out. They help see you out. Um, and uh, if you haven't tried them yet, come down to the tailgate tomorrow morning, 830. I'll be there. Um, I'm actually going. We have that, like I said, the, the live thing is at 430. There's a bunch of beer at that bar for me to pick up and bring up to Boulder in the morning. Beer, bar, Boulder, a lot of B words. Brunch buffs we can move i am so t- football season is draining let me tell you um also ball uh ball is awesome they do a bunch of different things from like aerospace to uh aluminum to also partnering with the buffs and also partnering with, I don't know if it's technically a partnership with the Avs and Nuggets, but they do have the naming rights to the Pepsi Center, which, uh, who owns that? I'm pretty sure that is owned by Kroenke. I don't know. Point is, definitely have something going on there. And uh, obviously big into sports, big into Colorado, that's where they're from. And they have a 400-person plant in Golden where they create aluminum cans. If you're looking for a job, that's a great place to go. Uh, 100% score on uh, from the human rights campaign. See, yeah, we're not going to dig into the human rights campaign. But uh, sounds like a really good thing. Sounds like a really good thing. Uh, Ball made over 100 billion cans last year. Um Again, that blows my mind, but you guys know that. I've told you before. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're looking for a job, definitely check those guys out. Um, it is uh, you can you can do that by sending Golden to seven seven two two two, or going to jobs.ball.com and searching for Golden. Also, you know what? Let's do this right here. The DraftKings pick of the week. Um, I told you about the Broncos last week. Hopefully, you made some money. I made a lot of money. We're going with the parlay. We're going with the parlay, which is a little bit bold, but the Broncos are only favored by six against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville really blows. I'm not sure if you've seen them or heard about them, but they are just terrible. Uh, so we're, we're parlaying that with the buffs. Um, actually, I haven't seen the latest odds. Um, I think they're, they're two-point favorites still, but I think things that are wrong often. Um... Looks like they are two and a half point favorites. Oh, at minus one twenty. I mean, it makes sense. That is, it should be like five six point favorites. It's kind of crazy. It's only this, but yeah. Uh, you parlay those two things together, it gets you to plus two forty two. That means you you bet ten dollars, then you you earn 
24.20 and the payout is 34.20 that's how i always look at it's like i have this ten dollars in my hand if i make the bet it turns into 34 dollars and 20 cents in my hand um i don't think anybody cares about that though okay we've got a lot to get through still so let's keep chugging uh brady russell um, he mentioned something that I thought was interesting and it's not something that I noticed. And as I've said before, I've watched this game five times now and two of them, two of them were just like, I was working. So I had it on. It was kind of like, but three of them were intense. Um, one of them was obviously in the stadium, but, uh, let's see. He said they were one guy away so many times from a big play which was interesting to me because that isn't something that I noticed. But if if I hadn't already watched this game five times, I would go back and watch again and see if that really was the case. Um, but the way Brady put it was basically that there was just one guy who made a mistake, and if he hadn't made the mistake, big play, which is definitely interesting, um, but obviously something that's been talked about in meetings, something to think about going forward and something I'm going to keep an eye on when you look back at some of these plays, um, I guess not even looking back as we're watching them P- point is, uh, he said that there were some guys trying to do more than their job. That's not how it works. You just need everybody to do their job and everything's going to work out. Um, he mentioned that the offensive line needs to do a better job protecting Brendan, um, which, uh, it did catch me a little bit off guard. Um, it did. And it shouldn't have. Um, because I think that it's easy to look at what's happened in that passing game and say, like, okay, Brendan's not getting sacked. Brendan's finding opportunities to throw the ball. He's doing these things. But he's having to work really hard to do them. You know, if he wasn't so good moving around the pocket and getting out of the pocket and doing those sorts of things, then I think that you it would be much more obvious that the offensive line has kind of struggled to protect him. Um, and I like that Brady brought that up because the other thing that he said was you need him to be able to look downfield. And if he's spending his time just looking at the rushers coming and getting around those rushers and finding a way out of the pocket, well then... He's he's not able to keep his eyes downfield and, and see guys coming open and get them the ball, um, which I thought was a really good point. Um, and again, would it be nice if he was Russell Wilson who can get away from rushers subconsciously while keeping his eyes downfield? Yeah, and I think that there's a real chance that's who he becomes a year or two years or three years from now. As of right now, though, he started two games, and you got to make things as easy as possible for him, and that does need to be an emphasis. Um, Brady talked about how there's definitely more physical culture this year. Everybody wants to be out there hitting, and that's something that's kind of been instilled in them by this coaching staff. Um, Chris Wilson talked about it too, um, and he said that you know it still isn't where it needs to be, but if you were just to look at the the defensive line for Texas A&M and look at the offensive line for Colorado. You'd say, yeah, the A&M should be trampling these guys. But because they all have that mentality, because they all are kind of fighters who want to get up there and get into it, that closes that gap. Um, and again, he did say it needs to get better there. It's still not where it needs to be, but that is a change from the last couple of years. Um, and on top of that, I mean, just in general, everybody's working hard. 
Um, yeah, it's a tough loss and all that stuff, but there's really nothing you can do about that. Just go and work, and that's what he'd seen um, as of Tuesday. Obviously, it's been a couple days since then, but hopefully that continued. Um, jumping into Naeem Rodman to close out this press conference. Uh, he said that after that win, or sorry, that loss, there's just little parts of it that feel a little bit better. Um, he said guys are closer, um, and, and they're really trying to push each other. And the leaders have, have really stepped up and said, yeah, this is tough, but we need to reset, and we need to keep building, and we need to go win this game this week. Um, he said that Minnesota's running backs are good at breaking tackles. They're, they're tough to get down, and you need everybody going to the ball. And luckily, that's kind of what this defense is all about, is everybody charging at the ball, carrying, bringing them down, and playing, as in his words, playing angry. Because he says that's what that defense wants to be known for, is playing angry and being physical. And, you know, we've obviously seen that. Um, hit them before they hit us. Um, yeah, uh, right now the number five scoring defense in the country, and he says that isn't good enough. They want to get to number one. That's the goal. Um, that's it from Naeem. Uh, with Chris Wilson on Wednesday, um, you know, he was asked, like, is it is it nice to be able to just watch them have success after like kind of being excited about this defense for for the offseason, knowing that you have these pieces? And he said he hasn't really been too excited about the defense. You know, instead he's just been kind of caught up in you know getting better and working and figuring out game plans and what pieces fit where and that kind of stuff. That there really hasn't been much time to be like, oh boy, this is going to be fun once we get there. It's just been it's just been work, which is. It's something I'm going to keep in mind. Um, but uh, said now they're still not like too excited. They're still just working on getting better, and that's that's the focus. On uh, Texas A&M, he said that, uh, you know, part of the reason that he thinks they're able to compete is because of just kind of the approach that the team took and the coaches in particular took. Now he said, talk about controlling the controllables. We're not going to spend time just talking about Texas A&M, except for, you know, saying just accurate information that the team needs to know. Um, he said that it, it, you can kind of get bogged down and in his words, like you don't want to instill our concerns in them, you know? So if you're saying things like, ah, that uh, that right tackle. That's he's a tough guy to beat. He's it's like there's that doesn't help the football team when you're in there saying things like that. And instead, you just say, "Hey, they're strong here. You got to go around. You got to and just facts, just facts." And then you go do what you need to do. Um, I like it. Um, he was he was really excited to get Mustafa back, which is what you'd expect. And I, actually, I ran into Mustafa for a minute. Um, he looked excited to be back too. Um, it was just like like a very quick walking by him interaction. Um, but I said something like, "Oh, good to see you back." So something like that, and he uh, a big old smile. Mustafa does typically have a big old smile though, so who's surprised? Uh, in terms of what Chris Wilson said though, um, basically what you expect. You know, he's he's a leader. Um, still obviously things he can work on, and as of right now. He's he's on the scout team. He's excited to be on the scout team. He's the best scout team player we've got. Um, yeah, he said he still didn't know when he's going to be allowed to play, but just kind of wait and see and figure it out. Um, 
Do, do, do. Christian Gonzalez. I mean, he's thrilled about Christian Gonzalez, as you'd expect. Robert Barnes, too. Um, just saying he was really excited to actually get him out on the field and to watch him play after watching him practice and see him just be like a leader. It was good for him to be able to go out there and play and do those sorts of things. On Gonzalez, though, um, just talking about the technique and the way that he's developed over the course of the last year. And he even said, you know, uh, here's the quote, uh, it's all, he's almost it's almost like having a, a, another coach on the field which is big praise you know and you don't that's not something i expected to hear about christian gonzalez at this point i did expect him to say something like you know he's really seeing things well he he knows the routes before they're happening he's he's sticking on guys but almost like having a coach on the field is is a big big statement and you know christian's earned that christian's earned that and we just got the ta- captains for today or for tomorrow about an hour ago. I think, uh, I mean, Christian Gonzalez is one of them, as is uh, Carson Wells. And uh, offensively, it's Matt Lynch, which is an interesting one. Um, And uh, what is that last one? Oh, Kari Cooch. There we go. So those are the four captains this week. The fact that Christian's among them, I mean, that says something. That absolutely says something. And and it's so easy to look at and be like, well, he's a really young guy. It's weird that he's a captain. But there's another world where you look at it and say, hey, it's it's probably too early to say this. He needs to string together a couple more games like the one he just had. Um, but but if he does and keeps playing like he has, he might be somebody who who leaves CU after next year to go to the NFL. That's, that's what that performance yesterday was. And, and, you know, we've talked to Matt McChesney about this. And the the first game everybody's going to look at, every scout is going to look at when they want to check out the Colorado Buffaloes is going to be the Texas A&M game. And he made his way into a bunch of notebooks. And next year when it comes time for those guys to be like, okay, what what is this guy? He's got a nice little start. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's if you look at it as he's technically a true freshman, you're like, weird that he's a captain. But if you kind of take the the backwards approach and say, he's a season and a half away from potentially leaving to go be a first round draft pick. Then you're like, ah, no, that does kind of add up. Um, again, getting ahead of yourself a little bit. He needs to continue to show that he's taking these steps and, you know, he had some issues with penalties before, but he also had issues getting his head turned around to play the ball. And he is playing the ball like an absolute monster through two weeks. Um, sky is the limit. He has everything you'd want. He has the the speed and the size and the length and a game under his belt against a top five opponent where he was absolutely dominant. Got the team off the field on at least thir- three third downs and there's probably more. Um, I think that's it for Chris Wilson. Let's uh, let's just jump straight into Christian Gonzalez after all that. Um, he said, you know, we're we're not going to win every play. Um, and we've left some plays out there. Uh, we did play really well as a defense, though. And I, I actually asked him, like, you know, you in particular, like, got the team off the field on some third downs. How does that feel for you at this point in your career to be doing that? He said, hey, obviously it feels really great to make a play on third down and get the team off. But it feels even better from a team perspective because we got team goals and the, the that's what the team wants to be known for is getting off the field on third downs and he's just kind of doing his part. Um, he said that they've been having great practices and he thinks that's been super beneficial. Um, coaches are giving them information, um, that, that is useful. 
that they can use to to be productive on the field. They know the reads. They know um, what plays are coming. He said, when you make plays in practice, you become confident on game day. He also, uh, this is a great quote. (laughs) We play man here, and we're not scared of anybody. That's uh that's pretty solid and it does some things up. They do they did play a lot of man last week. I think they will going forward because I mean, look at their cornerbacks. Um and he did expand though. He said that you know, it, it helps because we go up against some of the best receivers in the Pac-12 every single day in practice with Levante and Brendan and Dimitri and all them. Um so that's that's the way they're looking at it. Um you know, using the loss as fuel this week, they're probably going to use it as fuel the entire season. You know, they're not going to get negative about it, but they're they're ready to go. They're fired up, and they want to go win a football game. Um, oh, and one more note. He said that, that the game is really slowed down for him because he's been able to see, you know, just, just the, the different tendencies that teams have and what, what routes they run out of what formations. And, you know, if if you're sitting there and you know, hey, I think that based on the way they're lining up, this is either going to be a slant route or this is going to be just a straight go route. Well, pretty quickly you realize which one of those two it's going to be. Now, if you're wrong, you get in trouble. But luckily, he was not wrong last week, and we'll see if he's uh, wrong going forward. Um, I think that's it for Christian. And like I said, had a chance to talk with Robert Barnes as well. And instead of telling you about that one, I'll let you listen to that conversation for yourself. And that's going to wrap it up for today. Um yeah, we hit all the notes earlier. Tune in for the live. Tune in for the post game. Um, tune in for the tailgate. Tune in for the Broncos post game if you're a Broncos fan. And if you miss all that stuff, it's all, first of all just saved on YouTube, and you can watch it whenever. But also, I'll see you on Monday for the next podcast. We'll be talking about the game. Hopefully, it goes well. We'll see. Here's Robert Barnes. Um, you got to play. Yeah. How much fun was that? It was so much fun. I was happy to be back out there with my guys, you know, dealing with a soft tissue injury that first week. But you know, it was an exciting game, exciting environment. Um, you know, I felt like us at defense were just clicking and having fun out there. That's all, I, that's all we kept saying to each other. We were just having fun. So. Where are you at health-wise now? Good. 100%. 100% now. What did you think of playing next to Nate? It was, it was awesome. I mean, we've always had that good chemistry. Um, but, you know, being in that game and that environment, I feel like we clicked well. We were able to get adjustments together. And, um, you know, just him being able to have that speed type guy next to him that can go cover backs and he can kind of do his thing is, um, is important. So, I mean, it was, it was a really fun experience. It was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you did a couple different things. I, you were playing some man. I thought I saw you, like, running the middle and, like, a Tampa 2 type of thing. What, what, what is your best role, do you think? Where do you feel most? confident. I mean, honestly, wherever they want to put me at, I like to look at myself as like a Swiss Army Knight type of guy that can, you know, do whatever they want me to do any type of week, any game plan that we have, just personnel-wise, match up with their skill players, whatever they need me to do, play in the box, I can do it. So, um, you know, I, I feel like that gives me a lot of versatility and um, you know, I go into the game with a lot of confidence, knowing I can trust my coverage skills, trust my playing in the box ability and, um, you know, just being able to go out there and make plays. Does, does the defense leave that game with, with more confidence after I mean, you guys, you saw what happened. You know, hold them to ten points. Isaiah Spiller picks up like twenty yards. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think we had a lot of confidence going in. I think that, um, you know, this defense has created an identity that you're not going to run the ball on us and um, you're not going to throw it on us either. So um, I think that a good combination. Our, our identity is just that, that physicality that, I mean, you're going to have to play four quarters to beat us. And, um, you know, um, I just I, I love the way that our, our guards are playing right now. I love how we're all clicking and we're all just staying in tune with these all these different packages and, and personnel and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think this, this defense has a lot of a lot of potential for this year. Good potential. At the same time, you guys don't get the win in that game. Is it is there some hangover from just the the emotions of going through all that? Um, no, I mean I always like to look at it. it's a twenty four hour rule. Um, you know, you win or lose, you, you harp on it for twenty four hours, and then Monday you're on to the next opponent. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of stuff that we can build on and work on, and um, there's some plays we left out there on the field that would have given us the win. And you know, I think that just propels us into this next week and into the. Uh, into the season just because um, you know we keep those as a player you have these small things like if I would have did this I would have made this play and this would have happened so now when you see it again it's automatic and you end up making that play and it'll be a different story different outcome well, what's the challenge of playing this Minnesota offense um, you know Minnesota's going to try to run the ball um, they, they have a, a talented back um, so you know it'll just be um, our job to get lined up stop the run and um, you know the good thing about our defense is we just got to do what we do well um, and do what we do right, and we, we won't have a problem. And just continue to play with that confidence and go out there and just continue to play well.